0: I'm coming live from the Music rock Chicago. So they're listening to Six Wings Fried Hard. What is
1: this podcast about? This podcast is about two... Rude boys. ...from Chicago that are still exploring their friendship through music and current events. I don't
0: know if you've heard it yet, but, like, actually, the, song, the, the one episode I finished and sent over sounds really tight, and the second one is... On, is edited, but I can't export it, which is a whole other fucking problem with the Macintosh. But you know how Apple has gone to shit, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, you saying that, but they probably still making a bunch of money. Like, I get that that don't mean that they're not going that's to That's the problem. That's what
0: makes me so mad. Like, I pay a lot of money for Apple shit, so I don't have to deal with nonsense.
1: Anyway, how's your week, then? And didn't you re didn't you reluctantly do that to not deal with bullshit? that's exactly
0: right i was like a linux windows guy for a long time and then there's just been a lot of pressure because like more more and more developer type people are on mac and truth be told i was happy with it for a while i switched over around like 2008. And stuff was good until like two or three years ago. Like when they changed the keyboard, that was the moment where Apple just went to hell.
1: Why did you just go Dvorak on they bitch asses? <laughs> People are not gonna know what that is. I remember you used to do that asshole ass shit at your apartment. <laughs> I mean at your house, excuse me. Um at your house. Um like I would just want to like go check my Facebook or something while you were asleep cuz like it would be on a computer you don't want nobody to use and the, the letters would be in the right spot for a regular QWERTY keyboard but if you hit the letters it would be in Dvorak mode. It's like that sucks so much. No no, I, so what it was close I would. I had
0: the keyboards laid out in Dvorak. So if you knew, but I usually left it in QWERTY. I was just trying to learn. Oh, it, it was so I the had it like opposite. that opposite.
1: See, because yeah, I, I have it, it
0: memorized, it, and I figured most folks did.
1: I can do QWERTY. I feel yeah. like I could now, so I'm surprised I just didn't go for. it. Maybe I was just too frustrated because it was so dumb to me. <laughs> but like, if I don't look down, I can type pretty decent now. Especially like, I mean. Not that like so much has changed, but a lot has changed, you
0: know, like you didn't necessarily have to use the keyboard all the time in the late 90s. But it's not like I hope they're not even teaching kids cursive. Like what a waste of time that is.
1: Do you really think this is so like I think that's a divide yeah. with the country right now. That might be a bigger divide than um, Storm in the White House, whether you're a Trump supporter yeah. or not. <laughs> And see, yeah, like I do want to make that clear really quickly, too. There's a difference between everybody else and drug supporters. It's like you are never going to find a group of Democrats that are like wearing the person that they voted for like a fucking logo for four years. We came like, close with Obama. That shit is fucking. But that's different. I, I understand what you're saying, and I understood that even while I was saying it. I didn't wear him like a logo even though I am black but black people that did it I get it and if that's the reason why people did Trump for 4 years then you're an idiot sure 100% Like cuz that's totally different like Because the people who were doing the Obama thing weren't even trying to, like, wear their political pride. A lot, especially if it was a black person, they was just wearing their black pride. Sure. It was this first thing. Absolutely. And whether people like it or not, we'll always honor our first. You know, as a people, I know we'll always honor our first. So it just is what it is, you know, even if people, like, have things against it in a way. And, like, even here, like, I'll say openly in front of everybody, I have problems with what he did while he was in office just like everybody else do. Sure. If you pay close attention. But that still don't mean I don't think he was the best person at the time for the job.
0: Yeah. And quite frankly, it's like almost and embarrassing that. it took so
1: long to have a little variety. Yeah, like having a woman, like I'm glad too. But it's like, damn. Especially for vice president. It's like, come on now. Vice presidents sometimes don't even do shit. Depending on which president and vice president it is, they'll literally like not do shit. You won't even hear their name. I don't think Biden did a whole hell of a lot as the vice president, you know, like, so it's like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, the vice presidents are either extremely powerful or don't do much. Like, I think Pence did most of his work once we was trying to get rid of Trump. Like, Pence really wasn't kind of doing shit, you know, like, notable, really. And like, don't get me wrong, I don't want anybody writing in and saying, like, giving me this long list of all the shit that bad shit that vice presidents do. I get that they do some shit, but you know what I mean? Like, in the grand scheme, the one that's taking, like... You kind of have to be, like, a political science student to know that, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the brunt of what we hear about and, honestly, what affects our day-to-day is presidential decisions a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of people secretly hoping that he gonna be whispering and bite his ear. He ain't about to do shit. That's why people wanted Hillary, too. They wanted Hillary. They're like, we going to get Bill back in there. Bill Clinton wasn't about to be doing nothing political. He's just going to be trying to get his dick sucked in the back room or something. You know it. And now he don't have any responsibilities.
0: That would have been a mm-hmm. great TV show. hmm I think Trump should make a new TV show now that he's out of a job. And it's like a reality show but a fantasy one where he pretends he's still president. And, like, anything that happens <laughs> to Joe Biden— He has to face the same thing, but in his version he does a better
1: job. You should pitch the idea. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he has he probably has a whole cable network. Some people think he gonna do what a lot of political people do when they finish whatever office they have and kind of have like some type of Sunday morning Joe show. Mm -hmm. Like maybe every Sunday this is like his political view type deal. But I don't see him going that route specifically. Because even if he did that, you don't take it seriously. It would literally just be him like yelling about Democrats. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the funniest thing about his whole president, his presidency, actually. Like he campaigned all the way through his term. It's like the whole time it was just always every time he got on stage knew anyway, it was like the Democrats didn't do this. The Democrats aren't ready for that. It's like you won. Now fake like you trying to bring the country together like everybody else instead of complaining about the Democrats and how they are on the other side and didn't vote for you. Like he did that all the way through. It was like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: It was a wild four years, man. Yeah.
1: But just like high school, it's done. Yeah. And and unlike that, I enjoyed high school. Also, unlike (laughs) a lot of other people i think high school is very one way or the other for everybody yeah loved it or hated it
0: i rocked out hard to our album of the week when i was in high school this week we're talking about Hosto jimmy's technically second album but the first one most people know salute do you have any history with Hosto jimmy you might be a little young for them
1: i'm for sure a little young for them and even my friends of sky I don't think we're deep into them i don't think anybody you know like the kids i came up with but even as i was listening to the album it seems very on the edge of waves to me yeah like it i feel a lot of two-tone elements in it but also hard third wave too sure and like i haven't seen heard any albums after this but like i could bet that maybe they continue to develop towards more of a third wave sound, maybe, you know, I don't know, like they could've stayed exactly the same. But like some of their, like, okay, for instance, like the Karambees, like a lot of their grooves felt very like Crombie songs. And I know the Crombies, like a lot of those are like covers, but 2 tone, mm-hmm. And that's what made me feel that way. Like um, the grooves felt like a lot of that same way, you know, like, and especially with that organ in there yeah. too. Like, it just felt like it was like like the two and a half wave damn near, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I
0: think of them in a very traditional third wave sound. It's interesting you say that. Some of it might have to do with the quality of the recording, which I like, but is not necessarily a perfect studio
1: recording. It's a little raw. Oh, it's for sure raw. I thought about that a little bit even while I was listening to it a little bit, um... Which it is what it is, and I don't hate that. Yeah, it's at it time, too. also, when I hear different... Yeah, but this is the thing, too. When I hear different bands, especially older bands like that, I always think, like, where were they? Like, okay, this was their second album. Obviously, they weren't ever a huge band, and they might have been bigger in the grand scheme of Sky, mm-hmm. but they don't sound like a band with a bunch of money. You know what i Oh, so that's like, true, yeah. They do sound like... Yeah, they sound like a smaller band, like... Like, what, put it like this, even if they were, like, middle level to getting bigger in Sky by the time that second album hit, it still sound like it's a, you know, low-budget album. And not saying that, like, either one of us have an issue with that because we both do a lot of local music and appreciate local music. It's just, you know, I'm just saying that to also give and get an understanding of what was going on when that album was made. Yeah. You know, because, like, a lot of that kind of makes a difference. Like, if you want to know where people were at their point of making music, you know, when they made certain albums, you know, and, you know. And so, yeah, there is definitely a rawness to it. Um, and like I said, like, it, it it kinda sounds like a tweener to me. Like, mm-hmm. even though like, like, you know, you say like, to you it's like hardcore third wave. And that, that's cool though. Um, other than that, like, I will say this much: like I don't, I don't love the singer. Okay. Um, he's cool. He's fine. Like he's hype enough, but I like it to slightly be a little, feel a little more like singing, in a way. It's like, and that's only because like some of the stuff that I feel like he wrote on it calls for it a little more than what he's given. Uh-huh. Like you know, he do this kind of like talk thing like Dave, you know, from Big D, it's kind of like a rap talk thing a fair amount of the time in a way. Yeah. But like some of the parts that sound like he's trying to sing it out, but it stays where it is. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it, it's like it's like, it's like, and like I'm not even saying like it's real, real bad. I'm just specifically talking now from a preference perspective because I could also see people hearing that and being like, no, this is great. And I think it's pretty, it's it's, it's decent like but like you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i just could that's one thing i could like more vocally like he's not necessarily like my favorite put it like that
0: i feel you i actually like him a lot um but i like him as an artist like i wouldn't say he's some great pavarotti style vocalist i definitely hear where you're coming from um so in that regard like you have to say like well is this performance a thing for you and for me it is But that is definitely colored by the fact that I was at damn near every Hot So Jimmy show in the Chicagoland area from, like, 96 through 2002 or whenever they threw in the towel. And he's a very performative guy, too, as I remember. Like, had a strong stage presence and, like, almost like a craziness about him. Like, in a good way. So I'm not just hearing that record. I'm also hearing how the band developed in my head. I was gonna say the next album, which you should maybe check out, is funny that when you were saying like what direction they were going, to me it's totally different. I'm not even sure if the next album is technically a ska album. Um, it's very good though. It it gets like a little bit more experimental and compositional. And even this one, there's like, you know, a whimsical carnival Danny Elfman kind of element to it, especially in the horns. Next album, it's a stronger studio sound, a lot more compositional. Um, A lot more organ, actually. And I think Matt is more expansive on his vocals. In fact, like, there's this one song I remember where there's this incredible little low part he pulls off. But anyway, that's not the album we're talking about. Salute, fair enough. Yeah, not necessarily the strongest vocal, but I do love it.
1: So even from that perspective, that's what I mean. It's like, he seems very comfortable with what he's seeing. Like I said, it's fine. It's just not my preference what he's doing. But from that perspective, it's like... Okay, well, you know, I love the Temptations. Yeah, and if you go cover a song like "My Girl," I want a strong singer to do it because David Ruffin is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, if you go cover a song like that, you know, like, what's the Sky Kid like? Even that version, to be honest with you, like, um, my Scott, my cover, my preference for Scott Band's covering Scott songs is to. Do it, you know, like especially if you are active, Sky Bear. Like, you know, like a lot of the Sky covers are like, uh, ho- um, uh, I think it's Sky Daddy's, they do a good Hotel California, oh, you know, heard it's that. a good version of Brown Eyed Girl out there, yeah. Um, it's a bunch of good versions, A uh, Real Big Fish, you a few songs good, Take On Me, oh, yeah, and like, you know what I mean? It's like they they give it, they they give it like this crazy feel and make it a Sky song Whereas, like I actually feel like that's a good way to get people into Sky is to give them to it in situations like that it's like whoa what is this version of Take On Me it's kicking butt Mm -hmm. as opposed to if you hear that version of My Girl it's not touching the original not saying that it's easy to touch somebody's original with your cover but it needs to top it in some kind of way so like even with Take On Me it's like those horns are crisp oh, yeah. and stupid good on the Sky version uh-huh. of Take On Me. And that, that melody sounds better like that than it do in the original song to me. And you know, anybody out there, you know, if you ever heard Take On Me, the Sky cover by Real Big Fish, Tremendous. check it out. And you know, tell me I'm wrong, like it, it pops, it like add flavor. Like if you like the original version, you'll probably like that version too. And just, like, listen to both at different times. Because, so like, it's a good cut. And that's all I'm saying. So, it's like, even there, My Girl is like, ah, uh, yeah, I see y'all did that song. Y'all like this song. But it was like, you know, like. So, like, like I forgot the kid's name. But it, um, the kid, Scott Toon Network, is it? Oh, yeah, Scott Toon Network. Um, tr- he do all the covers? Yeah, yeah. He, he has a really good version of My Girl. You know what I mean? So, it's like, you heard it before, too, I think. Um, yeah,
0: it is really nice. He does a
1: very good that's job what I'm saying, with that. It. Like, it's he, faithful, he, but even that's what I'm saying. Even musically, like I like what he did with the music. With theirs, they just kind of like kept the line and played it faster, but didn't make it a Sky song. And that's what I'm saying too. Like if you're gonna be a Sky band covering music, I like that. But they're also I kind of I, they're so early on that first of all, there's no rules to anything, mm-hmm. right? Do what you want to do. But if you a Scott band covering, um, especially if it's a straight-up Scott album, if you're going to do covers, make that cover a Scott song, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, do the Scott version of it. Like, take us all the way around. Like, we already in yeah, it. Yeah, reinvent you know, it for us. Let's stay there. Yep. Yeah. So so. Um, what about the other? I listened. I heard Earth? the uh, – I heard Sweet Caroline. Yep. I heard the hidden tracks. Um, that's what I'm like. It's a, you could, like – one thing that I feel like you could tell from those albums, too, is even though that's the second album, you could tell that they're still, like, it, it feel like they're still within their first two to three years together. Yeah. And I don't mean that from a, like, they don't sound good perspective. It just sounds like they're still very experimental and having fun, which are two good things. Yeah. Like, early on in bands, those are the best times a lot of the time, I and, mean, like, that album sounds like they had a lot of fun doing it together, and that's awesome. Yep. So, like, that's that's one thing when those things can translate. And the fact that you were at a lot of their Chicago shows, you could probably also feel that. Yeah. Just going to the shows. And I'm also that type of person, too. You know, ne- Like, you never know. I might like them more if I had been at a few shows because I'm like that, too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll see somebody, before, like, one song will catch me with people sometimes. Or, like... I'll just like, like the, like, you know, I, I play a couple instruments, just like, you know, it's like, sometimes you just lock into the bass player that day or something, you mm-hmm. know, and just be like, man, this dude's ridiculous, like, and I like it, and and like, which is a thing, too, they bass player grooves, that's something that I always do look into, like, they have a good bass player, um, they lean on his grooves pretty heavy, you know, but that's a sign of a good Scott band, too. Yep. So like, yeah, I do like the album. The thing that I like the least, the least about it is the singing, but I still liked it enough.
0: You know, this is a Jump Up release, right? No, I had no idea. It's not your typical Jump Up Records band, though, at least musically.
1: I'm not surprised, though. I told you they got a, Combr- a Crombie-ish sound to them to me, and that don't surprise me. I wanted did he already know they kind of sounded like that? Yeah. Because if he's gonna go third wave at all, this is the type of band he would he would get. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you would qualify. I don't know what uh, Los Vicios would qualify as, but they they were under jump up too. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Los Vicios de Papa.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they're along similar lines. I know. I always because I know and Chuck around. Not like I know him like great or something, but like he's such an old school guy that I always kind of thought that this was a different direction for the label. Oh, another bit of trivia. It's
1: still surprising in a way. It's still surprising in a way. What trivia do you have?
0: Chuck told me this one time. They got sued off of Sweet Caroline. And now, after that, from Neil Diamond, who's like the original guy or whatever, they have to pay something stupid like 47 cents off of every CD to him.
1: Why wouldn't they have just taken that shit off? Because
0: the CD's printed. It's not like today where you could just change it.
1: Well, you could stop selling that shit.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it all worked out, but uh, that's just a funny piece of it.
1: I thought about that. I wasn't thinking about it while you talked about this, but like I said before, it sounded like a small town recording, which makes sense. Like, you know, Jump Up is, like, cool enough, but, like, they still, like, smaller in the grand scheme as far as record labels. Um, So as far as getting the permission for Sweet Caroline, (laughs) because after hearing the album, like, I'm surprised they doing this song. Yeah, yeah. this don't seem like something they would be paying for the permission. My to. girl too, and and it's on Spotify. Yeah. Oh yeah, they could still get caught for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I bet you they just still haven't get caught for that. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's gonna be ninety four cent per CD. For sure. And you never know. Like I could see my girl some kind of way. I could see them wanting more money.
0: Yeah, I mean, Temptations is bigger than Neil Diamond by a lot, I think.
1: Yeah, it's only one guy left alive, though.
0: Yeah, I saw the stage show. I mean, he's not in it, but you know what I'm talking about. They had that thing a couple years ago.
1: I don't know what you... It
0: was like a musical that was also the story of the Temptations.
1: It was good. No, I didn't hear hear or see that. It would probably be good. The movie Temptations is one of my favorites, though.
0: Oh, I need to check that out.
1: Oh, it's great. The The movie version of the Temptations is fantastic. And it goes up to about 20 years All ago. right,
0: so I got a crazy connection to this album, too. And I'm bringing this up not to sound cool, but to also announce I want to do a segment called Better Know a Horn Player. I'll get into it at some point where we just talk to horn players. And one of the guys I got to get is the saxophone player, Jeff Vidmont, who lived like four blocks from where I lived growing up. But I never talked to him. <laughs> he was like an older dude. I think. So he went to my high school. I think he was out by the time I was a freshman by like one year. We just missed each other. Um, but he played in both the the most well-known bands that went through my high school at the time, Tango Wedding Band and the Monsignors, and then ended up later in Hostel Jimmy. And I think was still playing with them when they turned into the Cougars. As a dude I just I should know him some kind of way, but we never connected. I never said hello to him for some reason, but maybe I'ma interview him when I start doing better know a horn player.
1: What a punk, dude. You are such a punk. Why? You scary. You looking up to this dude like he an idol or something, and this motherfucker was probably working down the street at Circuit City or some shit. Yeah, probably. No, I just mean like running in similar circles. He had to beg his boss to get off for a show, and you still <laughs> talk to his ass. Nigga, all he was was me 20 years ago. No, right? Just playing playing at the
0: Knights of Columbus Hall in just... Mount Prospect.
1: No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, You know I respect those guys. Yeah. These, Those are my favorite people. Every level of musician, every level of musician, but no, that's really cool, like to know that you all share the neighborhood, yeah. And one day you could tell them about that. Something
0: was in the water, I guess, in Brookfield,
1: Illinois, dude. I don't know if you know this, but like I can always tell when we're near, um, the Dr. Manette singer's house, yeah, John Peacock
0: on the north side,
1: so yeah, John Peacock, right. I can cause it was near a JJ Pepper's liquor store. That's right. And that Kmart. It was near Central. Kmart is gone everywhere. Oh, okay. It was near It was near Central and I think Fullerton. It was either Belmont or Fullerton. But either way, every time I passed the intersection, I remember being over there. Like, I don't know how, because we only really went there once, yeah. but I know that's where it was. Because of exactly the way the J.J. Peppers is sitting. And the one thing that I remember about that day is the beer that I bought. Because I didn't know how to drink liquor properly yet, so I was awful. And I didn't realize if you want to do it the right way, you just either get water or something you like to drink and just chase hard alcohol. Like, that's better than drinking beer poorly or mixing drinks poorly. You might as well get vodka or whiskey, chug, take a shot. I mean Chug do Water or Chaser. Chug, do water or chaser. Totally agree. You better with that. Yeah. I was I bought like, like 'cause you know I was cheap too. Like we like I was broke. Mm-hmm. You know, we were real young of us. recording today. Um Yeah. I bought Golden Anniversary Beer. I never even heard that's of That's what that shit was called. <laughs> I never heard of it either. But I remember it like that's what it was called. Well, you got to commemorate it, it every keys.
0: year on the anniversary. Get another one.
1: That shit was six packs. It was a six pack for like a $1.99. <laughs> That's why I get that shit. I'm sure I probably drank one or two of them because I didn't even like beer like that. You know, I was just uh-huh. starting on beer and I don't even drink a lot of beer anymore. Like I could do them better, but I also know what beers I'll drink now. And at no time in my life do I want to drink a golden anniversary beer.
0: Even if we get a live show together and people want to shout out back to this moment and they show up with a $2 six-pack?
1: If people can find it, I'll chug one, but I doubt anyone finds that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it don't exist anymore. Could be. But I promise you it exists Dead. <laughs> but that's not hard to find anyway. If it ever did exist, you'd still be able to find images especially from something that recent. All right, do you have a favorite song off this album? I think Utah. Let me make sure that's the name of it. I don't have a song. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think Utah was my favorite on this. You know
0: what? That's the song that is, like, most characteristic of the sound they evolved into. So you should check out Theme from a Major Hit. For me, it's got to be School Clothes that was actually the first hot stove jimmy song
1: i heard it gotta be what you said school clothes yeah that was second track for me. two yeah that was second for me it has like to me
0: not only is it a great you know sky punk song but that captures a lot of the elements
1: that are like distinctively hot stove jimmy to me yeah that one was second for me for sure so like it was up there because that is one thing, period. I think the album starts off really strong. Yeah. The opening track I thought was just going to be instrumental at first. And then it kicks in and finishes pretty powerful. But no, like track two I thought was going to be my favorite at first. But I like Utah a little bit better. I like Utah a little bit better for sure. You know, these guys used to pack the Metro back in the day i believe it i mean if you had a good sound people sought you out and like that's that's what i like about the way music was at a lot of these venues compared to what it is now in the city is like music was the thing to do like you'd wake up monday morning and be like man i can't wait to the weekend yeah for Mm shows. and it's like that's not chicago no more like the only people who think it like that about shows in Chicago are the bands playing them now. There was it's a- like honestly, even the fit fe- even geeky fans now, unless it's a huge band, you're not getting like that about a show Friday. I feel like, like I feel like bands don't geek out about the locals the way they used to. Like you gonna be geek out about locals sometimes, but put it like this. I feel like y'all used to geek out about venues. It wasn't just the locals. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, some people would be like, like, I'm just, like, I don't know who playing, but I'm going to Fireside Friday when it's Monday. For sure. Like, you got your venues that you just go to.
0: Well, Fireside always had a good list. There was no excuse for that. But you do have a point. Like, I would go to Off the Alley and Home with Flossmore sometimes, just be like, let's see who's playing.
1: That's what I want. I want – when the world opens back up, I feel like we have that ability to do that because everybody's going to want to play at once. Yeah. We as cities have the determinations to make it sound like whatever the fuck we want to make it sound like. Yep. If they want to be cool about this shit, they're going to be cool about it. And one thing that I hope changes in Chicago just because they need to make sure the money flows is they need to switch these venues back to all ages. Yes. They need to and because that'll help the venues... The venues were already down anyway, but if you wanna help pump life into the venues, make some ordinance to make it easier for us to go back to all ages. Not not seventeen plus all ages. Right. High school kids need to be able to get into every exactly. show just like everybody else. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that part goes too, but like that's gonna go a long way in determining what like our music future looks like.
0: Dude, if it hadn't been mostly all-ages shows in Chicago when I was coming up, I don't know who I'd be today. Like, if I couldn't have gone to shows until I was 21, what the fuck? I wouldn't even know Hostos, probably. Well, I'd know of
1: them, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. It's just the scene would have been way different. Now, one of the advantages is also um, uh, garage and basement shows were more prevalent the further back you go, too. Like that's not as much of a thing as it used to be either. Is that true or we're just um, not plugged into that? Cause no, let's it's be true. honest, I'm not it's going true. to a church basement show anymore. Okay, even from that perspective, it's less church basements happening. Mm-hmm. It's less storefronts. Like that's what I'm saying. We're in the two cities slash areas where that ain't a thing no more.
0: Oh, that's so sad.
1: Property is very valuable. That's, from that perspective, Uh that's what I'm saying. So it's like, okay, even think about the people living in these neighborhoods. Most of the people on the north side, most of the shows in Chicago were Bridgeport to the north side. Think about, like, you're not in Chicago no more, but the north side is way different, dude. This ain't Chicagoans with houses. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, let's have shows. These are millionaires with these houses too now, like kinda, not every single one, but you know what I'm talking about. Like these houses are way more expensive than they used to. If you own a house on the north side of Chicago, you most likely aren't exactly middle class anymore. My sister do, her house don't cost
0: a million dollars. It's fair, but it's got the L running through her backyard and on her if it wasn't for that, it might have been a million. On her block are a couple million dollar plus houses.
1: I was just about to say, okay, if it's not a million, it's a half a million and even that even 20 years ago, like whatever she owned probably was half of that. Oh, easy, yeah. Like that's <laughs> what that's what I'm saying. Like, it blew the fuck up. Yeah. And if you own a house at all on the north side, you might not be a millionaire, but y'all doing pretty good. Sure. They doing decent. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's like, and like yeah, everybody could be doing better. Maybe they want to be doing better. They probably will be one day. But they, they doing good enough. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's, you, can't, you can't buy no house on the north side of Chicago right now unless y'all doing all right. Yeah You know Yeah that's sad Because so many like Random venues And I,
0: I gotta give it out To Hostel Jimmy I saw them at so many Random places Little basement shows Here and there Places that Will be hard to find In like a barn Or something
1: They like They were a scene yeah, band. These churches me. They these churches ain't doing stuff like that no more. Yeah. It used to be a bunch of VFWs around and did stuff like that. A lot of them stopped doing stuff like sure. that. Well,
0: Knights of Columbus is famous. But I'm yeah.
1: telling you, dude, it's like they won't be around like they used to. Like the best VFW in Chicago was right off Augusta, right off the highway, in the middle of the city. They used to do karaoke certain nights, but they also held shows running punch plate there the first couple of years of us. They moved to another spot because they slowly got kicked out of the third floor of that building where they were operating this real nice room. So they had to go somewhere wells cheaper, and I think they just fizzled out doing that type of stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like any spot that you know about that's cool in Chicago is going to go. If it's still around, it's on its last legs and it's going eventually. And I'm talking about underground stuff.
0: Yeah, like Fireside. It's
1: not just that we're getting older and out of the loop. Yeah, because like you got to remember like just the fact that I'm a part of Midwest SkyFest. Okay, even the Sky Bears that do the underground type stuff, I know where they uh-huh. play all year because yeah. I follow them. You know, like so, like I know where they play, and I know what the underground places are. There are a couple. One of the most popular, like some of the most popular spots are like in Cicero and Berwyn now. Not even technically Chicago. Makes sense, yeah, right? That's actually great. Don't that make sense that that's how it will go? I mean, you gotta follow the money in a way. So if it is anything, that's how it's gonna go. There was, you know, for a
0: while, there would be stuff down south. Like, I already said off the alley, but even after off the alley closed up, there was something else in Homeboy Floss more like similar to the Pick a Cup Cafe on the north side. It was just like a cafe, and but the dude would have shows. More like open mic-ish, but, you know, good bands would roll through there. And even, like, weird stuff. There was some place – I think I saw Tusker play there in some weird, like, Calumet City area industrial park where – I don't know what it was, but you open up a big old garage door and they just had a stage in there. So in spots where real estate is still flexible or just in this like transition period or whatever, there's a possibility venues could spin up. And
1: I could see Berwyn and Cicero being good for that. There would have to be bars, I would assume, right? But the problem with those venues is usually it's seven people at those shows. Mm We got a few places that pop up like that the last ten years in Chicago. you will be like, "Man, this is a fucking awesome venue in some random suburb," but they'll book you and three other Chicago bands to play a suburb. What do you think goes happen? Mm-hmm. What do you think go happen that night? If you're lucky, you, you got somebody with a draw. three paid motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we don't do that anymore, but that's how these suburban people try to book. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. You got to get the right bookers in these places. Yeah, for sure. There are entire setups of people who know what they're doing. We just needed to become more universal within the community, and with like so like if this is Chicago land area, especially when the world opens back up, it would be great if it's like, hey, the entire like you could go to any venue across the entire city, and like you go find some good shit, or maybe like okay. This venue is good, but it's mostly known for this. Mm-hmm. This venue is good, but it's mostly known for that. Remember when we played in Michigan? Like, even at Grand Rapids, it was like, remember we had to play, make a choice between the two places, and we ended up playing the Skeletons because it was a better show? Yeah. But it's like Skeletons and that other place with the uh, elderly people, apparently it was two blocks away, and they was both rocking shows every Friday and Saturday. That's incredible. But rocking them, yeah. how are we not able to do that in Chicago? I don't care that there's other stuff to do in the city. We should have a music scene. Right. The people who like that type of stuff should be added. Yep. Just like they used to be. Yeah. It don't matter that phones are bigger, this, that. Everything else keeps their people. And this don't even have to have anything to do with it being about Sky. This is just any scene holding up in Chicago, and it's not. Yeah. Because
0: even any venue I think of, like, Fireside, in my mind, like, oh, that's a great ska venue. But there's plenty of genres where people saying the same shit. I mean, not metalheads, maybe, but, like, emo kids, punk kids, just general rock. I remember when the Yeah Yeah Yeahs really kind of got, like, was playing constantly at the Fireside and then turned into a huge band. You need a place that's just known for good indie music and everybody shares it.
1: If you could, would you buy the Fireside? In a
0: minute. That's my dream. Like... I'll overpay for it eventually.
1: I was just about to say, that's the dream. Like, I really wish we, like, yeah, if I could get rich, whenever they sell, if it's possible to do it, even if it's like, cause I know it's a dream of yours. Yeah. So even if you gotta go find help, cause you're not ready like you know what i mean it was like oh i need investors
0: interesting you say that i'm I'm working up to that maybe like linda and i are starting to dabble on the real estate side like you know we got that duplex now that we bought we're renting out we're not commercial and we're real small time but i'm hoping maybe a lot of lucky stuff could happen i could be in a position like that
1: yeah fireside number one well i'm gonna stalk fireside because i don't want them to sell somebody else i'm just gonna stalk them in case they ever do. I just want to kind of follow them. Yeah. Because that's the dream, man. Like, if we ever actually get Fireside, all it takes is the right people to make that a venue again. Yeah. Because it's like, fine, bowl if you want. Like, we could make it a bowling alley too. Oh, yeah. There's going to be bowling optional shows. (laughs) But it's going to be distinct nights where people know this is about the music. Exactly. That's the priority. That
0: could be like that again. Yeah. And I will keep the bar separate and in the front with a different door so it could be all ages and there's no bullshit. Do you remember we were having this conversation when you were out here and Vanessa was here? mm Mm-mm. And I was talking about, like, if I got crazy rich, like if something amazing happened with my company and I sold it, the first thing I want to buy is Fireside, obviously. And then what I said next, now I'm going to say it the way I said it that day, realizing that you need a little extra context for this, but I said, and after the Fireside, if I could get control of the Middle East, that would really be the dream. That sounds about right. The Middle East is a famous venue in Boston that Big D was always playing at back in the day.
1: Ah, yes. Yes. So, I mean, I'll yes. also
0: take control of the real Middle East if that's what y'all want. I mean, honestly, I think that problem just needs a fresh pair of eyes. I could just take a look at it this weekend, uh, maybe sort that whole peace in the Middle East thing out. But no, I actually meant the Boston venue upstairs, downstairs. I don't give a care.
1: I have no comment on the actual Middle East conflict at all, on whether you want to take control or not. I don't want the government following me over some shit that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I have no ties to the
0: Middle East. But yeah, then I'll have to pick a L.A. place, which is funny. Like, I'd rather own those two places before anything local for myself.
1: Dude, that's the dream. I'm telling you, the fireside bowl, that's better than any video to me because it's a bowl nelly. LA. Oh, 100%. But it's already a famous video, video. Step one,
0: I actually got to call an architect and just make sure it ain't going to fall over. But I don't want to, like, redo it, redo it. Like, yeah, I want to put in usable toilets with doors. That, that'd be good. But mostly let it be stinky and stickers everywhere and just like it was. It was so perfect.
1: But that's the thing, too. We could just do the shit the way you're supposed to do it. It's like you you also reinvest in it that first year. Yeah. For example, it's like you like yeah we probably gonna make the money back on the door, but you force certain shows. Like you tell like like okay I I know they probably not gonna play cause that drummer died, but it's like you you offer the impossibles like as much as you can to play. You know what I mean? Just one night. Sure. Just one night. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of any bands, but I bet most people you'd ask would do it. Yeah, if they ever played there before, they'd probably do it again. And then there's gonna be a bunch of new bands that want to add their names to it afterwards. Exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like all, if we actually had it, all we have to do is be emailing as the fireside, right? And it'll be automatic. Like that's better than being a talent buyer, because there'll also oh, sure. be some bigger bands that'll do it too. Like. Like, I think, like, because Taking Back Sunday, they play Chicago at Beat Kitchen a lot. I bet you them and some other business big as them that know what the fireside is will do one-offs for us there. I mean, how could you not? It
0: just has, like, people know the name CBGB's a little better, as, you know, the famous punk venue in New York that ain't there no more. But it don't hold a candle to the fireside for me.
1: No, But, like, that's the thing. You you build off of the legend that it already is and make yeah. it bigger than all of those places. Remember last April when we saw U.S. Maple. But now, yeah that that's that's the way to make, of like you, it already has a legend around it. If you could bring it back and then even if it's once so much, you got some huge band. The legend is back. Oh yeah. And then everybody just want to fucking be there. Yeah. And that's what would be the good part about it being a Bowling Alley anyway. We still wouldn't have to have more than two or three shows in a week unless we wanted to, so it'd just be all good shows. Well, and that's the funny part
0: too. What the audience probably doesn't realize about you is that if there's one thing you might love more than ska music, it's probably bowling. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you would know how to do that right. Like I, I couldn't help with that aside from
1: like you know financing, management stuff. Like, but you wouldn't even. I'd hand it off. You wouldn't even have to. Right. But even managing, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can manage anything because you can manage. But I've hands-on seen people manage a bowling alley and get the idea. Like, that's what I'm saying between the two of us. But also, even if you were hiring for a bowling alley, finding somebody to work the back of a bowling alley, yeah, you could probably find out it in Yellow Pages. But I i could—I li- literally know people like where I could be like, oh, no, call these dudes. They work at these bowling alleys now. They're the best. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's probably not the hardest thing in the world working the mechanics of the back of the bowling lanes because those aren't always engineers. You need the engineer to fix it, but not to go back there and clear a ball. You know what I'm saying? But you still want people who have done it, sledge, do it. Yeah, no, we need like a
0: 70-year-old Polish guy that lives in the back and just knows how to fix it.
1: You only need to fix it, I get what you said, but you only need to fix it the out there if the shit get fucked up. But as far as the everyday just returning shit, it's a lot of people who do that. But like, known. But like, that's what I'm saying. If we had a Bonelli, I could call people tomorrow. Like, you just fill it with bowlers. Did you pick out next week's album of
0: the week yet? I actually
1: did. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's about Suburban Legends.
0: Oh, good. You know, I obviously know them and like them, but I don't know the catalog super well, so this will be fun.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to start doing this where we could help more people get into it a little. Um, yeah. You mean less obscure like, bands than what I'm picking, or more? <laughs> yeah, we gotta an ease in. I picked the obscure one too, but what we gonna do is uh, we gonna do dreams aren't real, but these
0: songs are. So maybe people can listen along. We'll start doing that. We'll announce the next one at the end of this one in case people want to listen to it and hear along. I'm afraid to put in clips from these songs without permission and stuff cuz I don't want to get sued like Hot Stove Jimmy did. I mean, fuck it, maybe I'll just use some Hot Stove clips for this episode and if they need to get, you know, 47 cents from us. Oh, they,
1: they, can they reach definitely out. not getting 47 cents. They probably going to get like 3 cents. But also like they, uh, I feel like, wouldn't do that, but this, the, but this specific recording of the next people will, because this sure. whole next album, because well, you know, Suburban Legends was a Disney band, yeah, so they not gonna sue us. Disney is, especially for this right. album we doing next week because they all Disney covers. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, and that's why I want to do it. So it'll be cool if people are yeah. listening. Like, yeah, it'll be cool, because, like, next week is going to help us also show you the difference between every other type of song in the Sky Song, in a way. Because if you know these Disney songs, some of the differences that you'll hear in the what's making them Sky songs is literally showing you what makes a Sky Song, and also you'll hear connections between those songs and what we've been listening to the last few weeks. So that'll be a cool oh, right. thing about it too. So I, I think this will be a good direction to go. Good idea, Anthony, good idea. Definitely, I'm looking forward to this. I, the first time I saw them,
0: they were opening for Big D at the Bottom Lounge, the original Bottom Lounge. That
1: is a sick show. Four horns, unmiked. My favorite, oh, I'm sure, cause they got some bomb, especially in that Bottom Lounge. They got a bomb horn section. My favorite song of theirs, period, personally, like, I don't listen too, too deep to them, even though I've listened enough. Autumn at the Park. Autumn in the Park. That'll probably be my favorite song of theirs, no matter what. So bonus listening for anybody out there. It's just a real good Scott song to me, period. Top 10 to me, for sure. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really like that song. But you should take that out, too, uh, Kyle. Because, like, the beginning, the beginning, like, first 20, 30 seconds is just horn. Will do. Alright, well, I think that wraps it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Six Wings Fried Hard. Our theme song is New Orleans Funeral by Run and Punch.